0: This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you Good Humans? Welcome to another episode of Good Humans Podcast. This is episode number 113 with a very special guest by the name of Kelsey Waghorn. Far out. This girl's story is going to blow your mind. A massive thank you, as always, to our sponsors, Drink A Rapper. These guys are legends. They've been sponsoring this podcast for a very long time now, supporting my brain and getting me through some of those tough brain foggy days. And, yeah, they're just the biggest legends ever. Uh, All backed by neuroscience, brain performance drink, short-term brain performance, long-term brain health. You're going to love this stuff. Head over to their website, drinkarepper.com. Check out the science. And also, use the code GOODHUMAN and you can get a massive 25% off all of their products. Um, also, I've got two cases to give away this week, as well as two books from Brad Smills' episode last week. The winner of the first one is Rhiannon Rowley, and the winner of the second one is Cassie MD. So, congratulations, ladies. Thank you for sharing the episode. I will be in touch shortly and I'll be sending you both a case of a repper and a signed um owning it book which is brad smill's autobiography that he wrote using his mouth he was last week's guest quadriplegic after a wakeboard accident just an absolutely stunning story a beautiful man and i highly encourage you go check that one out um also please if it's your first time here today do me a huge favor go and hit the five stars Leave us a little review or a rating um, and yeah, hit that follow and subscribe button. It means the world to me and it helps us move up the um, up the charts, which is always very helpful. So thank you so much. Also, if it's your first time and you haven't heard of the Good Human Factory, please go over to the website, learn about the workshops that I run, learn about the merch that we sell and yeah, learn about the whole community that we've built over there. That would mean the world to me. So thanks for that. Today's episode, Kelsey. Kelsey was a tour guide on White Island which was an active volcano over in New Zealand. She was just like any other day at work doing her thing tour guiding and the volcano erupted. Uh, It's a crazy Netflix documentary. She's one of the stars of the show. There was unfortunately tragically I think 22 people died from the explosion and the eruption that day. Um, There was just absolute chaos and carnage from where Kelsey and her team was, um, that she was tour guiding. They got, uh, yeah, just smashed by the volcano eruption, which is just wild hearing her recount the story. She goes very deep in this episode, a bit of forewarning. There is mentions of suicide attempts and just, yeah, some dark times. So if you are feeling like you need help and you're in a crisis situation, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. But, yeah, this episode, I'm so grateful that I got to have this chat. A big thank you to Drink a Rapper. They lined this up while I was over in New Zealand recently. Um, Yeah, they teed up Kelsey to come and have a chat with me. Kelsey had actually been part of the 1% Good Club from about a year back, which was crazy when I realized that from um, some of our old DMs. But, yeah, getting to sit down, share her story, learn all about it. Uh, I'm just so grateful. The way that she's persevered through some really dark times from things she wasn't expecting after the volcano eruption is yeah just crazy this is some really interesting trauma uh release and how she's overcome some stuff which i love getting to hear so sit back enjoy the episode if you do enjoy it share it on your instagram story for this week as well i'll be giving away two cases of a rapper so if you enjoyed the episode put it on your instagram story and you can win one of two cases of a rapper there's about six entries last week so pretty high chance you could win so Go do that and yeah, be very appreciative. Let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Kelsey Waghorn. How are you going, Kelsey?
1: Good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. It's been um, quite a big day. You're episode number three recording for me today, but I'm very, very excited to hear your story. It's um, something unlike any other story I'm sure I've ever heard and yeah, I'm excited to get into it. But the question I do open every Good Humans Podcast with is what are you grateful for right now in your life?
1: Uh, I'm grateful for the people in my life at the moment yeah i had a pretty bad year last year so um yeah the people that got me through it i'm very very grateful for them every day love yeah. that the
0: people in our life make everything the connections and the support we have is yeah, so so important it's
1: definitely a make and break sort of situation so mm. yeah no very grateful for them
0: bloody love that what we also do open good humans podcast with is um the sponsor of this podcast drink a rapper that's kind of who's got us here today we're upstairs from their office i'm over in new zealand doing some fun stuff with them including recording podcasts with legends like yourself so <laughs> we're going to pick up our wrapper we're going to open it and we're going to do a little a wrapper cheers to get our brain fired up to
1: look i'm not going to open mine cause... all right i'm going to stop you you can have mine. i've drank about four of these today but oh look, there's worse strengths to drink
0: <laughs> anyway, Cheers!
1: cheers <gasps> Dang. all right i'm not gonna put the lid on
0: that was smart. My last guest did that, and I kept having to unscrew mine, but I'm not going to put the lid on this time. <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's get into this chat. So, Good Humans Podcast, I explained to you a little bit prior to recording. It's going to be a bit of a chronological about your life. We're going to get to know who you are, what your upbringing was like a little bit, how school was, and then we're going to talk about, I guess, the event that changed your life because. Which one? Hopefully, there's a couple. <laughs> we'll learn there about are a them. Few. There's one that you're quite well known for, which. Yeah. Um, was incredibly traumatic for you but we will catch up to there yeah. maybe, maybe we'll let people know at the start what what happened on um, White Island but we will catch back up to it really quickly give me a minute of explanation of how you explain to people <laughs> what happened on White Island.
1: Uh, so I was a guide for um, a tour company which took tours around the inner crater of White Island uh, so that's 50k offshore um, I can't remember any of my Talks now. Here in New it's Zealand. been so long. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So we were walking around the inner crater one day, and the island decided to clear its throat, and we just happened to be there. And yeah,
0: it's a volcano. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, New Zealand's most active volcano.
0: Wow. So you were there when it erupted, and
1: unfortunately, with um forty-seven people. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to catch up to that because. I want to learn more about it as much as you're willing to share. But first, I want to get to know who you are, why you were walking around a volcano and tour guiding. So Because <laughs> I'm a moron. Oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. So let's go back to the start. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? What was family life like? Let's call up till the start of high school and then we'll talk about high school. Siblings, Yeah. what do I need to know about your upbringing that might help me understand your story a bit better?
1: So I was born in Palmerston North and lived there till I was about eight or nine, and then Dad bought a business up in Fakatani, which is um, in the Bay of Plenty, so about three and a half hours from here. And we're in Auckland. We are a, in Auckland. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we all moved up to Whakatane, which is much nicer than Palmerston North, and um, yeah, basically lived there ever since. Um, yeah, school was pretty uneventful in a good way. Um, Didn't mind school too much. Um, Yeah, lost a few friends, um, unfortunately, as you do. Um, Some of them to sickness, some of them to, um, unfortunately, taking their own lives. But, um, yeah.
0: Do you have any siblings?
1: One. Yeah, Uh I have a sister.
0: Amazing. So let's talk about high school. High school can be quite a tumultuous time for some people. You said it was quite uneventful for you, but you also said you've lost friends to suicide and illness. That's something... To be honest, I've never really lost anyone that I would call a a close friend. But I do understand a lot of people do have stuff like that happen to Mm -hmm. them. Um, But let's talk about high school for you. What was the high school experience like? Were you academic? Were you sporty? What did you think life (laughs) was going to look like post high school?
1: Um, I was kind of one of those jack of all trades, master of none sort of people. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left high school. Um, I was really lucky that I was actually doing a class which was a marine studies class at high school and um, we went over to the Great Barrier Reef and went diving over there for, oh, I don't know how long it was now, but maybe maybe a week. Um, so we actually left our final year ball to go over there in the middle of the night and flew over there and were diving for a week and doing research on the reef and stuff like that and we came back and I was like, I want to do that. I want to I want to do marine something and so my teacher was incredible and he was just like right I'll sort it out for you and so basically I came back to him a few days later and he had like every single university that did some sort of marine course laid out for me and he was just like I recommend this one because of this I recommend this one because of this and so he went through it all with me and so I picked um, the one which was the most practical and ended up doing that.
0: What was that practical one? And tell me what studying, uh, what marine biology was uh, like at it university? Was, it or wasn't a, um, conservation. Or?
1: it was, I think it was just marine science. So it was okay. kind of a taster of all the sciences. So um, we did biology and, um, God, I can't even think of the other things now. Chemistry. <laughs> all the things, yeah, all, all the sciences. Yeah. Um, and so we did that and I did that for three years and came out with a bachelor and a diploma. Um, and I was going to do my masters, but my third year was pretty crap, so um, I decided not to continue with my studies. And I thought I'll just get a job on a boat, and so that's what I did. Tell me about the job <laughs> on the boat.
0: How'd that come about? What was that? Uh, what so did that the job involve?
1: on the boat was what I'm now known for. Um, <laughs>
0: okay, so this was on a boat. The yeah, exploration yeah, yeah, yeah. So the-
1: um, White Island, uh, yeah, f- it's 50 kilometers offshore, and so you Where could you either. from Auckland? Uh, no, Fakatani was where I was um, okay. working from. Um, I th- you use, I think you could come from Auckland. I think there was a helicopter company that you could come from Auckland. Um, yeah, and then so we'd go out to the island and we'd do a tour of the inner crater and then we'd bring everyone home.
0: So it's an uninhabited island. It's just an island with a volcano in the middle and yep. people go for tours there's out there. Yeah, there's some
1: gannets there and some mice, maybe some rats. But other that's than it. that, no human.
0: So it's not that big. It's literally just a volcano on an island. No.
1: It, oh, now you're really testing my knowledge. Um, okay. I think it was two and a half K by two K wide from what you could see. So not, Tiny. not massive, but that's just like the top of it coming yeah. out of the water. So yeah, the base of it's like 18 by 16 kilometers. So...
0: Yeah, but it's just what's underwater. Yeah. So how long ago was this?
1: Three and a half years ago was the eruption. so, okay, so it wasn't that long ago. No, so I worked there for five years in one day, so literally wow. one day too long.
0: Tell me about the experience before the eruption. What what drew you to that island that you stayed, I to, hiding to, there for five years? What were some of the beautiful things about it? What was um your experience as a tour guide there like?
1: Um, Initially, it wasn't the island. I actually couldn't have cared less about the island if i tried i never was a geology or land based person yeah so i was like i just wanted to do the boat thing so i was just like i don't really i have to do the island because it's part of the job but i was more like on the boats for as long as i could be every day and so um yeah like it was about an hour and a half ish on the boats out and then an hour and a half back so um yeah we'd see whales and dolphins and in summer you'd see hammerheads and manta rays and turtles and it was just unreal and like we'd go swimming out of the island and yeah it was just it was so much fun and then yeah you just have people there on holiday and usually were really nice and just everyone would be buzzing and then the island got more interesting for me because I guess we were learning about it while we were there we're seeing things change we're seeing things move around and it was yeah it was kind of like oh this actually isn't lame this is quite cool so yeah, seeing it for that long and seeing how much it would change and all that kind of stuff and then talking to geologists and stuff, it was just like, okay, this isn't actually lame. It's actually quite cool.
0: Yeah, what were some interesting things about the island and um, <clears throat> what were some of the things that changed because you kept um, saying the word change?
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, so long now and so much has happened since that, yeah, my brain's like purged a lot of my information. Okay, think um, <laughs> Need that drink. Yeah, um, yeah so... Because I mean, it was a live volcano, so it was always um, emitting gases, and um, occasionally would ash. And I think it erupted once in the time I was there, pre pre years. the eruption. Yeah. Um. So in those five years, I think I think it was just the once.
0: And was that eruption? It was as, overnight. Oh, so it just happened. So there. no one
1: was there, and so we basically just got out there the next day, and it, the island was green, and we were like, "What is happening? Green?
0: What do you mean green? So it was
1: just the ash. The color of the ash had um it would have probably started off as grey, but then it just reacted with all the acid and everything and just made it go green. And so it just looked like this weird rolling hills, like this weird green space place. It was just bizarre.
0: So was there always a fear that, oh, maybe it'll erupt when we're there, if you'd seen in that five years it erupt before? Or was there like a...
1: I don't uh, think it was a fear. It was like, I knew.
0: Was it a consequence that, the participants who were on your tour knew was that kind of what drew people to it like oh it might erupt when we're there it's a bit dangerous or was it no yeah. this is a safe tour to go on
1: uh, i'm gonna say both um i mean obviously at the end of the day it's new zealand's most live volcano so yeah. it's all kind of in the title but um yeah i mean i can't recall other than yeah that eruption um ever feeling unsafe being there there were a couple of times where there's um an earthquake and that wasn't very fun because of the whole cliff faces were like sheer rock face so it was kind of like well if it's a big enough quake then obviously it could shake the walls down so that was probably the one time i can think of where i was like oh that's not good but it wasn't even volcano related
0: yeah wow so what did a tour look like if you took someone out there hour and a half on the boat look at some whales look at some dolphins get to the volcano a dock to get off then they said trails and because you said <laughs> yeah the inter you'd walk around the inside of the volcano
1: yeah How does that work? yeah so um the whole where we would go is kind of like this big amphitheater and yeah. so the island um the top of the island is sticking out of the water and so we'd basically one of the walls had come away and so you could basically get dropped right in the mouth of it you would then walk around the inner crater of it up to the main crater um have a look at that could you see like lava and stuff like no so this one was um you'd see just yeah steam coming out of it and um it had a big crater lake which would change color and
0: so it was like a big look like water in the middle of it yeah yeah Uh uh-huh and then it would
1: yeah and so that would change and like a hot
0: spring with like bubbles and stuff coming out of it almost yeah and so
1: depending on the water level if it was getting into the main vent like you get big geysers and stuff like that so it was pretty cool wow yeah
0: all right let's talk about the day as much as you want to (laughs) share what can you remember about that day and um yeah I guess can you give me a bit of a run through of the events from what you're willing to recall for us because I think it's gonna be scary to hear recounted (laughs) and I'm sure it's probably a little bit traumatic to recount it for you but yeah as much as you're willing to share I'd love to know what you can remember from that day
1: Um, how many people were on the tour with you
0: yeah I, I
1: pretty much remember more or less everything um Cause, um, but I mean a lot of it was just it was a normal day up until it wasn't so um like it was we had a group from a cruise ship come across from Todonga, which is an hour away so they came across via bus and got robbed us and um we all just hopped on the boat and went out to the island as we always did um got to the island and we were the third boat of the day
0: so there's different tours that go out there too, so a few people.
1: Yeah, so there have been a few helicopters out there. We were the only boat company. Um, so
0: people get helied and drop there too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's a bit more expensive. Yeah. Um, we were the cheap option. <laughs> um, I would have been on the boat, don't worry. <laughs> the so much more fun. You yeah. see so much more stuff. Absolutely. But the helicopter's cool. I I did go around the island. um, think twice in a helicopter it was very cool and we did get to go to the top which was very neat and then look like down into it which yeah none of the other crew that i worked with had done that and so that was quite a fun little bragging right Mm. um but yeah i mean it was a normal tour so we got dropped at the wharf um we did the whole first half of the tour all normally um went up to the crater saw the crater came back down from the crater um and we were standing in Uh, a couple of streams which come down through the island and um yeah I mean I just remember people started going oh wow look at that and it was like all this noise all of a sudden um in the terms of people talking not like volcano noise (laughs) I don't know what that is yeah um but um yeah so people just all of a sudden started talking while I was kind of saying some spiel about what the water what was in the water and what the water tasted like and um turn around and the island was like full eruption like this the steam cloud the smoke cloud um was already bigger than the island and the island's 321 meters tall um it was already bigger than the island so it just quietly erupted behind us um and so yeah we just basically ran for cover and then yeah it all basically turned to shit from there
0: so when you say run for cover like what how far are you from the dock can you get in the water and start swimming away from the island or
1: um we were way too far inland for that so we um it crossed my mind once we'd sort of taken shelter because where we were um in the middle of the island um and these streams were kind of like these big mounds of rock and so in my mind the rock wall that we kind of hid behind was like this massive wall but when we kind of got there it was like not as big as i thought it was going to be but that's all right um, I mean, you've kind of shortchanged for cover on a volcano. There's yeah. not many options. Was
0: it protocol or anything with your yeah yeah work? yeah uh,
1: yeah? So I mean, obviously this was always worst case scenario. This was like we did drills on it, we yeah. trained for it and everything, but you never think it's obviously ever going to happen to you it's like when they give
0: the emergency thing on an airplane
1: exactly and you kind of go yeah 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 and you kind of half take it and you half don't and you go that'll never happen to me and it's one of those things where it's like you know it could happen but you don't believe it will Mm. otherwise obviously you wouldn't be there yeah um so it was i don't know whether that's stupid or ignorant or just the way that it is (laughs) yeah but um yeah i mean obviously we wouldn't have been there if we did think it was safe because why would we do that
0: yeah so what you see steam coming out the top is it like lava everything starts spilling out the top like a movie um, kind of no like you'd see a <laughs> volcano eruption or no
1: so it was yeah kind of nothing like the movies um like there's like um hawaii the way that it, it erupts with the big like lava flows Why yeah, Island doesn't yeah. do that um it's a bit more aggressive um and so instead of like lovely slow lava mooching down the side of the hill it's like balls of lava being thrown at you um I don't think we had lava thrown at us um I could be wrong I (laughs) didn't see any um we did have like rocks and stuff thrown at us but um yeah um the majority of the damage that it did was um so when it erupted and the whole plume so obviously you got like rock and ash and debris going up in this big plume Which I think ended up about two k's high. I could be wrong. I I wasn't measuring it. Yeah, so it's like obviously there's a heap of pressure in behind it, so it throws it all up, and then obviously all that heavy stuff has got to go somewhere, and so as it kind of falls, it creates what's called a pyroclastic flow. And so um, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Hmm. So if there's a geologist or volcanologist listening, um, correct me. Um, But basically, as it falls out of the column it creates this big wave and so if you ever watch a video of it you can see the big plume and then all of a sudden there's this massive wave of cloud that comes out at the bottom and so that's what did all the damage for me especially yeah
0: because there was i'm guessing if it was only three years ago there's probably plenty of phones out filming and stuff or was it yeah freaking so a lot out. of it so how a many lot people it, did you have with you
1: um i for oh, i had a group of 21 of us including me Um, so two of us were guides and then there was 19 passengers um yeah and so we took cover and yeah i mean the worst case scenario was if there's a pyroclastic flow like i knew the odds of surviving that and it's basically zero
0: um
1: and it was kind of like cool we'll we'll just seek shelter wait for it to chill out and then we'll get off the island um looked up saw the pyroclastic flow coming it was like rad okay so this is how it ends so um yeah basically it was just like well there's nothing we can do here. It's just a matter of waiting it out. Um, yeah, but somehow managed to pop out the other side and it was like, right, let's go and basically made everyone get up and keep Did walking. Did
0: everyone survive that was with you?
1: Uh, I So of the 47 that were on the island, um, 22 have died. Um, one of them only died a couple of years ago um, and I'm not sure if it was from complications from what happened or whether it was unrelated but um yeah so the death toll for it is 22 at the moment wow yeah
0: so once it's erupted it's exploded is that so you've got like basically hot rocks and water and steam kind of just yeah it was, raining down you kind of thing
1: i yeah i don't remember i imagine there still was stuff coming out of the sky um from the videos i've seen from because we were quite like lucky um so we would just got to the island another group had just come off the island and they were circumnavigating the island and so they had just got around the other side of the island and basically it erupted so they came back to check on us and um so they came back basically and got back into the bay that we get in on um as we were coming out of the island so I'd managed to get my group moving fast enough to basically get there as the boat was getting there which was um good and then so we basically um got put on that boat because the boat we came out on got hit so it was covered in ash so if they turned it on basically it would just suck all the ash into the engine and it would seize the engine so we got put on the other boat with the other passengers um and yeah got home that way my group did
0: Wow so was there quite a lot of severe injuries in your group I mean for anyone who can't see you've obviously had some severe burns on your arms and stuff um yeah, what was that like? I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about <laughs> that, but I just feel like it might paint the picture a little bit for what the recovery looked like for you. Was it just blood and um, injuries everywhere, or just burns and?
1: I only remember um, my injuries because yeah. I kind of once we got off the island, it was just like right. Life. I'm not your guide anymore. I'm yeah. just trying to survive. Yeah. Um. So it was yeah. Once we got on the boat, we had other people, um, the other passengers, looking after us basically, which was incredible for them to do yeah. they didn't have to but they did so that was the
0: people who come around the side they didn't cop the they injuries on yeah. like you guys no right?
1: so they were still on the boat and so they were fine oh, so they okay. managed to avoid the pyroclastic flow as they're coming back around wow. um so there's some pretty amazing footage from the boat of basically them racing around the side of the island as the pyroclastic floats coming towards them um and so we got popped on that boat and um yeah, I just remember it just when my hands were melting, and I was just like the same good. But it was like not once did it cross my mind that it was life threatening. It was like, well, the thing that was supposed to kill us didn't kill us, so yeah, it was yeah. like we oh, sweet. Something they'll fix it somehow. Yeah. So um, it never crossed my mind after that that things were like that serious.
0: So with your, what caused your burns? Is it from lava or i no, so it was because it's so hot I, from the I, explosion that probably even the air that comes from the hieroglyphic flow or whatever could yeah um it around yeah head around. it's fucking crazy
1: yeah so we were I, I say we're lucky that it was chemical burns purely based on the fact that like pyroclastic flows can be 500 600 degrees celsius um if we'd had that kind of burning and I mean like like, because my uniform was basically plastic so um, it just would have melted to us and I mean the survival rate probably would have been a lot lower but the good thing about chemical burns it was basically just anything that was exposed skin wise um the acid in the air reacted with the water in the skin And basically oh, just liquefied it So it's acid in the air yeah. from the thing So I think okay. it, I'm probably Hopefully not gonna get this wrong I think it was hydrofluoric acid Yeah hydrochloric Fluoric
0: Fluoric okay. Yeah
1: um, Yeah so um I, I say we're lucky it was chemical burns Because it meant that it was just the skin that was exposed So for me it was Ended up being 45% burns um, So it's basically fingertip to t-shirt line um, on both arms, um, short line to boot line on both my legs. And then my, um, bag pulled my shirt up. And so now I have a tramp stamp of grafts on my lower back. So, yeah. Huh.
0: What about your face? How did your face not get affected?
1: That's <laughs> been a hotly debated, uh, um, topic ever since I got out of hospital. And yeah, cause, um, some, a lot of the others ended up with, um, quite severe burns on their face and even their necks um i was lucky <laughs> yeah. i had um so we all had helmets on we all had gas masks um i had my sunglasses and so basically i just put my gas mask on my sunglasses on and just thought well if i've got any hope in getting off this island i will gotta see and i go to breathe so it was just basically press the sunglasses and gas mask to my face as hard as i could to and so i wasn't even trying to protect the skin it mm. was more like i just gotta see and breathe and so in basically covering my face with my hands, I managed to protect my face.
0: Oh, so are the gas masks there f- as a precaution? if Not for some, that. No? That, <laughs> what are they for? If, do you um, put them on when you're up in the volcano because there's yeah, chemicals in there. Yeah, and
1: the so air. there's um, sulfur dioxide was the gas that was coming out of the island. And so it kind of would just be like this real sort of sharp, acidic kind of, like you breathe and it would kind of like take your breath away. You're mm. kind of just like... you. Breath would catch in your throat, and you start coughing. sort the of thing, so you put the gas mask on, and it had like an acid filter through it, which okay. would help help people breathe. Okay. And so it basically just stopped things getting in us.
0: Wow, thank you so much for sharing. Because I can imagine <laughs> it's so traumatic to have to relive that. And I'm sure there's been lots of questions asked to you, and over the years. And um, I'm grateful that you're willing enough and open enough to share. But this is a part of the story that I'm most intrigued about the recovery. And this is where I think people are going to be able to relate to your story, be it overcoming adversity and being resilient through these difficult times. So mm-hmm. you get off the you've got an hour and a half on the boat on the way home. Talk about that journey.
1: Longest hour of my life. I bet. This <laughs> um, excruciating pain. Yeah. So I like the eruption was like two minutes. I thought it was like 10, but it was yeah. like less than two. I thought that was a long time, but that boat ride, that just seemed, it was like we were on a treadmill and we we're going nowhere. It was yeah. just like, come on. So, um.
0: Is there emergency services like on their way out to help you? Like, yeah. what was So that, the that's, response um, like?
1: a lot of things did and didn't happen with the, um, response to that. Um, some of my friends who worked as tour guides and pilots for helicopter companies, they were actually the ones that came out to help us um so they did pull people off the island um the authorities deemed it too unsafe to go so no one actually officially went out there other than a bunch of my mates tour guides guides yeah who were basically like we're just gonna go check on our mates and basically pulled
0: they save a few lives i'm guessing
1: they did yeah so they're amazing but um yes (laughs) so um they did they did an amazing job and, yeah, they were the only response that we got basically. Wow. Um, but when the boat got back to the mainland, so back to Whakatani, um we had almost every ambulance, mm. fire engine, police officer waiting yeah. on the wharf for us. Um, and as we pulled in, I remember seeing my mum and my sister and I think it was my nana standing on the wharf And because I'm looking at my arms. Because so then like, they
0: didn't know who's passed away. Was there a few people that just...
1: Instantly, they they was knew there in
0: your group that passed away or was there.
1: Not that was I'm not a different not group? then that I know yeah. of. I uh I don't think anyone died on the boat on the way home. Um,
0: so had anyone died at that stage? Like did anyone get left yeah. behind on the island? Yeah, was, so yeah.
1: there were there were three groups of us. Okay. There was um two groups from the boat, so my group and my friend Hayden's group. Um, and then there was a helicopter on the island. And so that was a group of four plus the pilot. Yeah. Um, my group and the helicopter group came back on the f- boat, um, and most of Hayden's group didn't make it off. So yeah, anyway,
0: I'm sorry. You have to kind of relive and explain that to yeah. me, but I just think it shows the significance of how scary that event and yeah, know, what that was so let's talk about now you get off the boat your family's there you touched on briefly that you didn't understand the consequences of how bad your injuries were yeah I'm guessing that means that you got to the hospital and you had a probably different story than you were maybe expecting in your head
1: um well the hospital kind of got inundated (laughs) so all of a sudden they had 30 so how many yeah about about 30 I'm gonna say um burns victims all of a sudden were just being like so the A&E basically it was us and there was no one else that was allowed um and so i don't remember a lot from there because it was basically as soon as they came in it was just like give them any pain meds they need and so i um was speaking to a um one of the icu nurses from there and he was saying like um they used about a hundred i hope i'm allowed to say this um (laughs) it's too late now um they used a hundred syringes of morphine um on say 30 of us um I think some people did die in tiny Hospital I might be wrong um, but basically with the morphine the syringes I think they said that anything more than one can kill you and if you do the math we were having more than three each
0: just because of the excruciating yeah, pain yeah and it was basically just load them up and
1: it was just because yeah because
0: they couldn't work on everyone straight away those people in beds in pain yeah they...
1: and like um
0: Fuck, that must be hard if you're a doctor or at work in the yeah. icu to like who do you choose to
1: yeah and like they were basically it was every doctor anyone in the dhb's um phone book basically um so it was like engineers receptionists like gps like literally anyone in the dhb's phone book was called and so there's engineers holding like fluid bags there was like oh there was just like every yeah. every hands-on deck, like it was just everyone and it was like from like an hours away was like the circle and everyone just got called in and so it was like every ma- everyone who knew anything to do with like medical was there wow. and so um and then because obviously like looking at my arms and stuff like where do you put lures like mm. how do you get the pain medication in and so like trying to find a vein and like that kind of stuff like i have no idea where they put them like i don't probably don't want to know <laughs> yeah, yeah wow um so i don't remember a lot from Fakatani hospital because once they started doping us up it gets a bit fuzzy Yeah, yeah. um and then i was transported from Fakatani to the bottom of the north island down to wellington yeah um so i was in heart hospital and um yeah basically the next thing i remember is waking up from a coma five days later
0: wow yeah i'm just like <laughs> flabbergasted story i'm sure looking over at the producer he's, <laughs> uh, he's doing the exact same thing right now i'm just like oh, i feel terrible kind of making you relive this but
1: i'm i'm kind of lucky like um i've talked a bit about like ptsd and stuff yeah um, that's what i want to get up to but but um thankfully for me there's kind of a weird sort of detachment from it and so talking about it actually does nothing okay. like well maybe it does but yeah. um I can talk about it quite freely and quite openly and it freaks more people out mm. than it does me. Um, so uh-huh. I'm grateful for that because it means it's I can talk. A, yeah. Bit, yeah. I, like it's probably not a good thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, if that's your way of dealing yeah. with it, then yep. hey, it's a great yep. thing. Keep it at arm's length.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah so I mean, it's good because it means I can talk about it. So like, um, yeah, with like psychologists and anyone that's trying to help me, it's just like, well, what happened? And it's not like, I can't be like, I can't yeah. talk about that. It's like, well, let me tell you in, HD. What happened? And they're like, "Oh my god!"
0: I'll tell you what's fu- not funny, but we literally just—I did a podcast the episode before um, with a human performance specialist, and he works. And he was quoting a study from a PTSD study where they put MRI scans on people while they recited their um, their trauma. No, where they had to write their trauma down, and oh. they had to like read it, and the part of the brain that is our speaking part of our brain would switch off for trauma patients for ptsd patients so you're like you must be an outlier that's what he said yeah That's <laughs> So yeah. interesting you we have a ptsd i mean <laughs> whether, yeah patient that comes in straight at <laughs> the next podcast and he Surprise. you just debunked it or you're an outlier but yeah let's um i'm an y- oddity yeah we love that so let's talk about the recovery now five mm-hmm. days in a coma you're in wellington hospital What was the first thing the doctor sort of said to you? Because this is another thing that I find really interesting. I had another guest on early this morning who broke his neck and there's all different things that doctors say to people when they're in a really traumatic situation. What was your experience like with the doctors?
1: Um, I don't remember a lot from ICU. What I remember, um, what I do remember apparently didn't happen. Um, For example, when I was being taken to surgery, I went through a cheese waterfall. (laughs) Apparently that didn't happen um <laughs> might
0: have been the morphine or the ketamine or whatever they put you on it was
1: a lot of ketamine a
0: lot of ketamine yeah we love that
1: yeah um but yeah now i have, when i have surgery i'm like don't give me ketamine <laughs> no more no more no cheese more. waterfalls yeah and then you hear all like on the news people are taking ketamine and i'm like why <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that just voluntarily <laughs> um yeah so i don't really remember much mate um icu I um yeah the first thing i remember is my dad's voice which was nice but also um when they woke me up, um, the doctor came in and they were like, right, well, we're going to start waking her up. Um, Had you, they
0: done skin grafts and stuff by then?
1: That Yeah, they'd done my arms.
0: So that was the five days of yep. the so, that I was working on you with surgeries and stuff?
1: Yeah. So um, basically as soon as I got – not I not even got in the door and basically I got swooped into surgery. So, um, yeah, like debriding and all that kind of stuff. So and basically just like taking off all the burnt up. skin. Um, yeah. And then um, – I can't remember what I was talking about.
0: That's right. You're talking about you heard your dad's voice and it was oh, yeah. scary, but
1: yeah, because um, yeah, um, yeah, the the doctor had said it takes about 20 minutes for them to start waking up. So he said I'll go check on someone else. I'll come back. Literally, as soon as he left the room, he like disappeared into thin air, and I woke up. And so the you're nurse, an was, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so by, the, one of the nurses like took off to go find him. and I've got still got the tubes down my throat because um, they like to wake until you're like proper awake because if you don't come out of it or something goes wrong and they only put you back Mm, under they got to put the tubes back down and so they try and put tubes down while you're freaking out and so Mm. they decide we'll leave them down as long as we can yeah um and so when I woke up because I'd had like I had all this like shit on my face to try and like deal with the burns on my face and um so it was all in my eyes my eyes have been closed for five days I was on so much drugs it was basically like chameleon eyes are going different directions um and there was like this orange haze and so all i could see was this orange glow and i thought i was in a tent and i couldn't breathe and i could hear my dad just telling me like it's okay like the dog was coming and i was just like i can't see i can't breathe i was like i can't move i was like i don't know what's going on so like freaking out um yeah and then i don't remember the tubes coming out and then i just remember all sorts of weird stuff going on for the next sort of two weeks um yeah and then once I got up onto the ward the sort of medication started being reduced and yep. I started becoming more sane which was nice okay. and then that was like my first proper like
0: conversation with the doctor
1: and yeah yeah I was just like I've never met you and they're like we've been here for three weeks <laughs> we're best friends <laughs> it's like, I know you intimately it's like nope we've never met um but yeah so it was it was real weird and then even like because I wasn't really that lucid in an ICU and then when I got moved to the ward I'd have like the um, nurses come up to check on me from ICU because, like, this is a bit of an oddity with the volcanic eruption. thankfully. Um, so they come up and be like, hey, and like, how are you doing? And I'd be like, who are you? <laughs>
0: everyone, know, everyone would have known about your story. Yeah, exactly, yeah. All and like, all these
1: nurses are coming, like, all these strangers are coming in. And they're like, we just wanted to see how you're doing. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so kind. And they're like, oh, we were your nurses in ICU? I'm like, oh, okay, not weird. Okay. Um, so that took a bit of getting used to. Um, but, yeah, the recovery was... Probably worse than the burns. Really? Yeah, the physical recovery was pretty grim. Um, At least with the burns, I guess you kind of almost get cauterized, so you kind of maybe don't have a lot of feeling. Like there was a lot. There was a lot of feeling, (laughs) and you're in shock, and yeah, exactly. There'd be some adrenaline
0: running through your body.
1: Yeah, but then like in hospital, um, like they had yeah removed all the burnt skin and then they have to put good skin on so they basically all my good skin they took off me and put it on the areas as skin grafts so like all the areas that i managed to not get burnt were suddenly now being stripped for skin and it was just like now i have my entire back side is like raw plus i have all these like skin grafts on my arms and then they had to do my legs and so they had to like skin it again and yeah so that was pretty grim that was some very dark days when they did my legs when i was up on the ward
0: yeah how long were you in hospital for
1: they estimated six months to my family early on if i made it um and then so, I, yeah
0: so it's still quite dangerous doing skin grafts and stuff for infection yeah, and yeah
1: absolutely um and yeah and so i got pretty much everything that they said that was a, um, I was a high risk for i had happen so blood clots infection um they did say that, that um it's common for skin grafts sometimes not to take mm. um so there was that risk and when they first did my legs and i was in like agony and like being begged like begging to go back in a coma um and the first dressing change they did they were like the grafts aren't taking we're gonna have to do this again and then so my family was all devastated i don't remember them telling me they may have done and i've just blocked that out and pretended it wasn't happening um but then the next dressing change they're like they've all taken we don't know what's happened <laughs> so that was good so not didn't bad. have to go through that again yeah
0: so, you said initially they predicted six months. How long were you actually in there for?
1: 70 days. <laughs> oh, great. Quick. Yeah, so I think it's about two and a half months. So, yeah, pretty what
0: good. Was, what was the post-hospital recovery like? Because I can imagine that would have been tough.
1: Mm, um, yeah, coming out of hospital where it's, like, all safe and everyone's watching out for you and it's all kind of very controlled environment – felt very safe so it took me a long time to even stay out of hospital when i was allowed They're like you can go stay with your family in the motel i'm like "No, i'm safe here
0: so you stayed in hospital for a bit longer than you
1: yeah and then when i because got transferred this- from um hut hospital up to waikato university at uh, waikato university um hospital that, so that was close to where you lived yep so yeah. that was my regional yeah. um they where was I going?
0: So, oh. <laughs> no, so they moved you up to the hospital. So were you 70 days in the Wellington hospital and then you got uh, moved? No. Oh, so total once end you got moved. Of,
1: end of January I got moved up to Waikato. So, um, and I should have really only been there a couple of days, but I had a bit of a whoopsie and fell over, took the grafts off my legs. Oh, no. And so they made me stay for another two weeks. And then two days after, three days after I got discharged, um, passed out in the shower and took them off again. Oh. <laughs> So my nurses were just like, so, they were just like, you can't leave. You can never leave. I was just like, I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> wow. So yeah. that's
0: so that's pretty much, I guess. This is like the start of COVID three years ago. Yes. What? And so this was January 2020, you just out. Yeah. Then COVID hits.
1: Yeah. So I was discharged on the 13th of February 2020. Um, right, I'm on my recovery Let's get back into life Well I managed to Because I didn't want to Because the media was like Piranhas around it So I was like I hid Kind of under the radar I didn't tell anyone I'd been discharged Like even Mm. like some family Still thought I was still in hospital Um, And then a month After I was discharged I said that I was home and all of a sudden, everyone was just like, we want to talk to you. And then it was just like, oh, lockdown, sorry. <laughs> so go, it worked blessing. out. I was stoked. I loved lockdown. The yeah. first one, especially. I was just like, yeah, I don't have to see anyone. Yeah, or... a bit of
0: time to heal. And yeah,
1: just kind of. Everyone
0: else isn't working. You're probably like, sweet. And yeah, then the bearings. government started like paying everyone. Did you guys start getting like, wait, ours was called JobKeeper, but did you?
1: Mm, cool. um, I didn't. You did Because <laughs> I didn't have a job. Um But um, in New Zealand, we have a thing called ACC.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what my other friend um, Brad was talking about this morning. Workers' comp from – or does it not include that because
1: compensation, something something or other. Yeah, basically, if you get injured at work, they'll pay 80% of your wage until you get back on your feet. Um, And so – They seem
0: to have a really good system with that here in New Zealand.
1: It's very good. It's
0: amazing. After speaking to Brad Smeal, who – Anyone yeah. listening might have been a previous or potentially very soon guest to come out yeah um yeah he was like overseas and had something happen and because of a few loopholes he had all of his american fees paid and yeah. he didn't have insurance
1: yeah no it's acc crazy. is like Good a massive blessing like yeah yeah like you hear people complain about it all the time because they didn't get this or didn't get that and it's just like be grateful like they do some great work yeah, like yeah i would be screwed without it like i would Mm. hate to think what my medical bills would be and i've still got a surgery to go so yeah yeah
0: yeah talk about the rehabilitation because obviously covid you're probably going to go to physiotherapy and stuff or yeah yeah
1: yeah so i had physio um
0: like does it affect your muscles like the skin grafts and like yeah um, because i was
1: i i didn't walk for must have been a good month Mm mm-hmm um so basically just all the muscles atrophied um and they atrophy fast um i remember the first time i saw my arms it was like did you liposuction every single muscle out of my arms they were just like it was like skin over bone it was just the most wild thing Mm. um and, yeah, for the longest time, it was just, like, a little skeleton. And it was just, like, this is weird. Like, So it was about trying to
0: put weight back on. and Yeah, body and because your
1: metabolism yeah. and everything's, like, healing as fast as it can. And it's, um, it's just going pretty fast. And so it's basically just trying to heal. And so everything was in, like, overdrive for months. And, um, yeah, so they had to put muscle back on. And, yeah, and then you had to, like, stretch all the skin out. That was pretty gross. Um, so all the skin grafts that they put on, because they put them on when you're, like, I assume I was lying like a starfish yeah, when yeah. I putting them on. Um, and then obviously cause they're straight and then they strap, like they bandage you up and you're kind of straight. And then when you get out of the bandages, they're like, right now you get, get stretched stretch the skin. The skin. Wow. And so it's just like, now I know what sausage meat feels like. And it's not very good.
0: Oh, is that what made you go vegetarian?
1: No, I was vegetarian from like 11. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> but that would do it. <laughs> wow.
0: I read in an interview that you did, um, that the physical rehabilitation was massive, Yeah. but the mental health kind of rehab was something that you found quite difficult do you want to talk me through that what did you find difficult
1: um i guess like people kind of talk about you kind of hear about people with like ptsd and um like you hear about it in like films and stuff like that and you think of i guess like a war veteran just like being really angry and you kind of just don't really think much about it um and sort of my family had been told quite early on like she's probably gonna have issues with this later on um but I don't think we quite anticipated what that would look like um and it kind of crept up and all of a sudden it was like just as the physical stuff started to go really well like um making gains and like being able to like move and slowly getting muscle mass back and um being Able to like do some stuff for myself, it was like my brain was like, Right now that you're in a good place, let's deal with the mental side. And it was like, Please don't. And so basically, Pandora's box just got opened. Um, and it was just, yeah, like so unexpected. And it would just creep into every aspect of my life. And it was like putting a blot of ink and in a glass of water, and it just took over and it just was in every aspect of my life. And
0: in what way, as in, like, you're getting angry easily, you're agitated, you're couldn't focus yeah. yeah
1: pretty much like if you look up the symptoms for, for PTSD. ptsd it was like i pretty much ticked every single box wow. um so you like the hyper vigilance that's exhausting mm. um so just always basically just like on the lookout for danger that's yeah. that's exhausting um and then obviously Mind when you bears? get i didn't really have any that's probably the one thing i haven't touched wood yeah yeah um, it up. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm I can probably count on one hand how many nightmares I've had in the last three and a half years wow. and I can think only two of them were actually white island related and they weren't actually related to what actually mm-hmm. happened. It was just other random yeah, yeah, scenarios yeah. that my brain had brought up. Um so that's probably the one I don't have, haven't had, yeah, yeah. thankfully. Um but yeah, like the hypervigilance, um, the anger um yeah can't concentrate um can't focus um yeah just like don't trust anyone or anything just yeah i never like that before not not like this this was just yeah like i had no idea and it kind of um yeah i kind of got some bad psychological advice um as well and then um yeah basically it all fell apart and i just got tired because i've been healing for two one, one and a half two years and i was just tired like i was tired of the physical rehab i was tired of the surgeries i was tired of trying to like keep my mind in check and i was just so tired and so i just thought bugger this i'm gonna have a break and yeah, you can't do that <laughs>
0: with the physical stuff. Yeah, all yeah. the
1: mental stuff. Like yeah. I was just like, I'm just gonna have a break. I'm just gonna take a bit of time off. I'm not gonna do any work on myself. I'm just exist. so you were
0: seeing like a psychologist and everything yeah. along the journey. Yeah. But what you spent, you know, what, I need a break. Yeah, and what that was and a bad bit of advice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, um, yeah, I because I in one really particularly bad day, I was just like, is this is this it? like is this what I have to live with for mm-hmm. the rest of my life? And she said, Yeah, it is. And I Yeah doctor's
0: advice I was talking to you about I, before. Yeah,
1: I don't think it was meant the way it came across. I think it was it'll be there to an extent, but I don't think she maybe meant now in hindsight. Yeah, at this I don't think she meant extreme this extreme. Um, but I took it in that very low moment as this is it, mate. So I was just like, Fuck this, like I'm done, like I'm what's the point in fighting this if this is as good as it gets? Like, mm. why am I wasting my time, my energy in this? so I just stopped I just basically yeah stopped and so I the PTSD basically took the wheel and just took over and I just became this black thundercloud of just anger and I was just scared all the time and just basically just this horrible person um lost two relationships that meant a lot to me um because they just had had enough and fair enough um i yeah you you can't take time off for this unfortunately mm. it, it, it is something you have to deal with um and yeah unfortunately after that kind of slap in the face it made me realize that yeah you can't just stop you just yeah, have yeah. to keep going and so it was like you can take a break but you can't stop and i'd stopped i'd stalled and gone backwards so um yeah after six very horrible months last year of trying to get my shit together and get through that thinking i wasn't actually going to make the end of the year. Um, yeah, I'm still here.
0: A <laughs> yeah, year on. What changed for you?
1: Um, I found help that actually helped. <laughs> so that took a lot. Um, a psychologist yeah. or? Changed my psychologist yeah. to someone who had a lot more psych. Um, With PTSD. Yeah, um, a lot more PTSD um, experience. Because um, unfortunately, I think, I'm not saying this is a blanket thought, but this was my. Um, kind of experience Um, no psychologist is going to tell you that they don't have trauma experience because I mean to an extent they all do Mm. Um, but it's a matter of finding the one that has the right level of trauma experience that can deal with you Mm. and I unfortunately learned that the very hard way Um, so now I have a psych who is a lot better trauma informed Um, a friend of mum's she met at a conference and was like oh my God, your wife does this. And he was like, yes, she might be able to help Kelsey. And so that I basically put to her and she's this, she's got some massive clinical name. I can never remember the name before, but it's basically a trauma-informed wellness coach. So she's got all the trauma, basically information of a psych without the title of a psych, but um, does trauma-informed, like, yoga, gratitude, meditation, approaches. just the holistic stuff, all the woo-woo stuff that people kind of go, oh, it's just hippie shit. Like, I love
0: the woo-woo stuff. It's no, uh, what I teach. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah,
1: and, I mean, like, if you don't know what it's actually about and you've never had it applied in the right way, mm. it does seem... Exactly. And You're like, nah, it's just hippie shit. Like, yeah. there's no way that actually, like, it's does anything. Me, yeah. Um. So, yeah, got put onto her... Um, found an exercise i actually liked i don't like exercise and i found an exercise that i fell in love with um and What's that reformer pilates Ooh, mm? it's hard it's so hard. it's so fucking hard it's the little so, pulses
0: and shit suck
1: i don't know you just want to die and it but feels you like see, your muscles you are ripping off the bone or? and you're just like i hate this and yeah. then you leave i'm like i survived <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> maybe yep. that's why i like it um but yes yeah, so i found an exercise i actually liked um, which was massive and actually getting me to move my body because, like, when I say I stopped trying, stopped I literally it. just stopped trying. On uh, Netflix. Yeah, just basically shut down. Um, so, basically, the reformer of Pilates then led into trying, like, bar, and then I ended up trying boxing, and so now I'm doing that, and yoga. <laughs> so I'm doing, like, all this physical stuff. Awesome. Um, so physically probably getting back to where I was pre-eruption, um, and then mentally finally have people in my corner that – Have the right tools to help me get through it all. So, yeah, mentally, I'm probably in a better space than I was even maybe pre eruption. So, I mean, still have my days where I kind of want to just not do life, but I think we all do. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's not, yeah, that's not isolated to trauma, unfortunately. That's just life. And yeah, so yeah, get in there.
0: Well, uh, it's so cool to like, I mean, not cool, but just it's so great to see you. Back at this state where you're happy to live again you're mm. excited about life just quickly because i feel like you, you mentioned you lost two friends that were quite close to you and it was probably your fault with the ptsd but i think that's because they didn't have the skills of the probably understanding on how to not deal with you but how to understand and probably empathize yeah. with you
1: and i mean dealing with that um from a friend perspective like
0: yeah, what advice do you have for someone if they've got a friend who has gone through something quite traumatic, whether it be a partner passing away or, you know I mean? Trauma comes in many ways. What yeah. would be some advice to someone who has someone in their life who has had some trauma? How would it be best to support them?
1: Um, I mean, as best as you can, don't give up on them because mm. that just digs the hole deeper because, I mean, that's what happened with me last year. It was like I knew I was bad, but then it was like the double loss of... um the two relationships it was just like well fuck this like so you
0: guys are giving up on me i'm gonna give up myself too. yeah and mm. so i was
1: just like no i'm done and so i just was just like no i'm done and i called my mum, bawling my eyes out i'm like i can't do this anymore and she was just like excuse me because she's at the other end of the island she's like why are you doing this from so far away um that's not what she said i just like to clarify that Shelley's not that nasty um <laughs> But yeah basically it was like panic stations for my poor mother from the other side of the island just being like how do i save my girl and basically just all her mates just congregated um yeah it basically it takes yeah.
0: An army, doesn't it sometimes it
1: certainly does and um, you kind of need the tough love sometimes you like being mollycoddled through it it doesn't actually help mm. um being told what you want to hear not what you need to hear doesn't actually help like it makes you feel nice and cushy in the short term but it didn't do me any good Mm. I'd rather be told point blank or you're being a dick yeah um go take five um and then it's like no no I'm fine it's like nah get out like go take a walk calm down and come back and let's talk about this like I would rather be told that than like oh it's okay it's all right and like Mm. coddle through it it's like nah send me out
0: and then disappear it's like yeah and it's just like frank with each other
1: yeah like and like communication and like it's not even just communication it's i guess comprehension as well and it's actually what you're saying is actually getting across the way that you want it to mm. like because i didn't know what was going on because i didn't have that knowledge um and that's no excuse i didn't know what was going on i didn't have the tools to deal with it that is just the way that it was mm. um i wanted to know but i just didn't have the right people in my corner for it um and i mean yeah if you don't know that's fine you're not expected to be the psychologist for your mate but yeah just do what you can to try and stand the fight with them because yeah. i mean yeah it's rough like in in your darkest moment having the people you thought you're going to be in your life for your whole life all of a sudden being like no nah, you're too much goodbye yeah like it's rough it's real rough
0: well, i think yeah. that's an amazing bit of advice for anyone out there who does have that don't give up on your friends
1: it's hard try like, yeah it is yeah. but try
0: different things just never give up it's um yeah. so important last little question I'm going to ask you what are you up to now what's going on
1: <laughs> um <laughs> in, oh, in life man. what's, what's I, exciting so I've up? basically what? gone the total opposite direction I don't know if this is healthy or whether I'm just like on another little trajectory of trauma um so I've basically gone the total opposite direction a year ago I was doing nothing and this year I'm like I'm a yes man so it's just like I've gone on a trip with 20 strangers um to the South Island and just like hung out with twenty Americans that I'd never met before. Um I applied for this trip to South Georgia through the Antarctic Heritage Trust, managed to get through that somehow and so now I'm going to a sub Antarctic island at the end of September.
0: I saw that. I'm jealous. I want to Antarctica.
1: Honestly, I don't know what I'm up to. Um and right, and so in three weeks I've got a surgery that I've got eleven weeks to heal from before I go on that trip. So I'm really just Taken life by the horns now. I've gone the total opposite direction. It might backfire, but <laughs> at least it's worth giving it a shot. Hey,
0: look at you. You're smiling. <laughs> you're happy. You're laughing. And oh, that's, that's, that's what laughter. we
1: have to... It's an a laugh from fear.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's an excited laughter that you know there's bigger and brighter and amazing things ahead in your life. But I'm yeah. um, absolutely blown away by your story. I'm so, so grateful that you could share it with me and the audience. I'm sure everyone listening right now has been touched by... Your story, your words, and especially I think your recovery. And I think we're all going to have someone in our life, whether it be us or someone close to us or someone we know that goes through a traumatic experience. I think we can learn a lot from your story. So I thank you so much for that. But I do finish every question of Good Humans podcast with the same question. I do finish every question. I do finish every episode of good humans <laughs> podcast with the same question. Should know that by right now, but um, it's been a long day. You're episode been. number three for me today, but um, <laughs> I do finish it with the same question for everyone. And that is what does being a good human mean to Kelsey wagon?
1: Um, I think it's just a bit of grace and forgiveness. Just like for me, I had a lot of forgiving to do for myself. Um, and just a bit of grace. I didn't know any better a year ago. Um, i was doing the best i could with the tools and the energy i had at the time which was basically a stick in a sandstorm so it was like i yeah it was not in a good place so it was like i had to get forgive myself for not knowing better for not doing better for not keeping going for not backing myself um yeah so just forgiving myself for that and then just yeah just grace for everyone else who has put up with me or hasn't put up with me and just yeah just basically just try not to be a dick really i guess that's <laughs> <Love> <laughs> what it. it all boils down be to be a good human not a a dick. good human yeah there you go there yeah. you go, there you, go.
0: Have you ever thought about public speaking you speak very well you've got an amazing story to share too oh
1: thank you um i've been approached by it a few times but because there's still a few court cases oh, wow. in the mix and by a few i mean quite a few um Against it's kind of a bit scary are- yeah so um it's just a bit scary has anyone
0: still gone to that island now it's done
1: uh no
0: never since okay
1: yeah not since um so i have no idea what the future holds for white island because i know that there's people that are like i'll go back what are the chances (laughs) it's like (laughs) 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 Um,
0: maybe helicopter around it
1: yeah i yeah and i'm in two minds about it like on one hand it is incredible it's beautiful like it made me very happy um but I also know what happens if you're there at the wrong time and yeah. I would not wish this on anyone. So yeah. I'm of two minds. On one hand, it's like if you can be there when you know it's not going to erupt, then fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but if, yeah, if you don't know, which obviously we don't know, yeah, um, yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't do not it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well,
0: thank you for sharing your story. I'm so glad you survived that um, excruciating day that many, many didn't. Um, and thank you so much for sharing it on Good Humans Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.